I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, we uncover the fascinating story of how genetic mutations and climate change shaped Indian food even before humans existed. In the early 1980s, a 55-year-old farmer was admitted to a hospital in Toulouse, France, complaining of chest pains. His X-ray picked up a scattering of tiny nodules throughout the chest. The farmer suffered a fatal heart attack and an autopsy was carried out. The examining physicians noticed a profusion of crystallized fatty acids in the victim's lungs. Analysis of the granules revealed the presence of chemical compounds commonly found in apple peels. When questioned, the farmer's family recounted how the farmer had eaten a kilogram of apples every day for 18 years. That meant eating 5 to 6 tons of apples over a lifetime. And by the doctors believed that the heart attack occurred due to a thinning of the arteries rather than apple consumption, they could not ignore commenting on the lipid crystals throughout his lungs. We all know that fruits have fructose and a high concentration in the diet is associated with insulin resistance and heart disease. But still the idea of dying from eating fruits even in excessive quantity does not sit well with us. Fruit diets are often used to lose weight. But did our ancestors actually rely on fruits that much? To understand this we need to travel back in time around 60 million years ago. It's around this time a genetic change occurred. Our primate ancestors lost the ability to synthesize a compound which shields from oxidation and provides critical amino acids and neurological transmitters. It's the same compound that helps us fight scurvy, vitamin C. But why would any evolutionary process remove such an important function? Simplistically speaking, isn't evolution about selecting the best and discarding the rest? This change did not happen only in primates. Bats also lost it around the same time. and so did guinea pigs but sharks stingrays crows and mynas still have the ability in all the cases only one gene was affected the glo gene which produces an enzyme involved in the last step of synthesizing vitamin c as it turned out knocking out only vitamin c was possible during evolution because vitamin c could be obtained in the diet all the animals who lost the ability to synthesize it could find a rich source of plant food and insects given that fruits are one of the richest sources of vitamin c our ancestors must have had access to a lot of fruits in rainforest environments a diet rich in fruits led to a rise in uric acid levels between 40 million to 16 million years ago we lost the gene for manufacturing uricase the enzyme that removes uric acid in our body as a result our uric acid levels are 3 to 10 times higher than other mammals and this led to a higher predisposition to gout and possibly hypertension so what is the point of this discussion about genetics vitamin c and uric acid as it turns out uric acid has properties that permit it to function as an antioxidant the adoption of uric acid a byproduct of eating fruit 
was a possible second best defense against oxidants. But its presence also created problems of gout and hypertension. So, what happened then? Over the last 1 million years, the climate fluctuated between a cold glacial known as an ice age to a warm interglacial. The last transition from an ice age into the warm climate of the present interglacial known as the Holocene occurred around 18,000 years ago. So researchers went about understanding what happened around this time. Katrina Nilsson Kerr, PhD researcher in climatology and Pallavi Anand, lecturer in ocean biogeochemistry at the Open University took a novel approach. They went about understanding the Indian monsoon before the last ice age. They used data collected from a recent expedition to drill deep into the ocean floor of the Bay of Bengal. They used these deep sea sediments from the northern Bay of Bengal to capture a direct signal of the Indian summer monsoon from 140,000 to 128,000 years ago. These sediments were hidden in the fossilized shells of tiny microscopic creatures called foraminifera. These plankton species once lived in the upper ocean water column and captured the environmental conditions of the surrounding seawater in the chemical makeup of their shells. The researchers detected that the ocean surface water was freshening from a river discharge induced by the rains of the Indian summer monsoon, a sign of the strengthening monsoon system. During this period, sea levels rose from 6 to 9 meters worldwide. The Indian summer monsoon pulled heat and moisture northwards, driving glacial melting in the northern hemisphere and helping tropical wetlands expand their range. The expanding tropical wetlands resulted in more methane release into the atmosphere, which caused even more warming, setting changes in motion which ended the global ice age. The end of the global ice age meant two things. The increase in sea levels meant that the oceans became less salty. But the increase in the monsoon, with some estimates saying it almost doubled, led to probably the most fundamental change in Indian food. The sheer growth in biodiversity, and with it, the proliferation of spices. J. Billing and P. W. Sherman analyzed 93 traditional cookbooks from 36 countries and quantified their use of spices. They found that as average temperatures increased, there were significant increases in the number of spices used in a dish. On average, an Indian recipe called for the use of 9 spices, whereas a Norwegian one called for 1.6 spices on average. And the uric acid problem? One of the most widely used spices in India, turmeric is considered to be one of the best defenses against gout and is known to reduce uric acid in the body. The evolution of Indian food comes from times even before we as a civilization existed. And while cultural, economic and religious preferences have always shaped food, we must not forget that they all pale in comparison to the influence of Mother Nature. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IBM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and YB Travel 42 on Instagram.